Welcome to Profit Boss Radio, where successful women have paved the road to their own financial freedom. Each week, your host, Hillary Hendershot, financial coach, money mindset expert, and experienced wealth manager, will help you discover the keys to the wealth and peace of mind you want and deserve in her no-nonsense and authentic style, starting right now. Hello, Profit Boss. Welcome to another solo episode of Profit Boss Radio. I know I should call these mini episodes something really cool. Tim Ferriss calls his in-between episodes, and I couldn't steal that and be so obvious. I've been thinking about it for a while. I thought I could call them mini money matters, but I don't love that. So if you have a vote for what I should call short solo episodes, would you come over to the private Facebook group and post it in there or put it in a review on iTunes or just tweet me? I'm on Twitter at Hillary the CFP. I'd love to crowdsource some creativity here. Today, I'll be talking about how the presidential election will affect your money. You see a lot of commentary out there right now about how the election will affect the economy and the stock market. And unfortunately, people assume that if the economy and the stock market are impacted, then so is their money. But today, I'm going to break down both of those assumptions. I got really great feedback after episode 25, the step-by-step guide to bulletproof proof your finances after geopolitical surprises. Lots of women wrote in to me to thank me for my little don't hate on the mamas out there where I basically said, you know, how about if we stop telling women how to parent and just trust them to do their best and to ask for help when they need it. (laughs) So I totally got your kudos and your high fives. Thank you. I just want to take one more minute and thank you again for all the love in iTunes on the reviews and ratings. I definitely read your comments and I take them to heart. Sometimes it's a little hard to be with, honestly. All the things you say are really so positive and uplifting that sometimes I can hardly read them, but I do. And a theme has begun to arise and I like it. From your comments, I get that some of you are starting to relate to this show as a place where you can go to tap into the wisdom that is there especially for you. I mean, there are a bazillion voices out there. Most of them are shouting pretty loudly, but some of you are starting to relate to this show as your place, the voice that speaks to your concerns and interests and that you can count on to provide the wisdom you need to set your mind at ease and to keep you moving forward. And I really like that. I like the idea of being the voice for women and money, that no matter what's happening out there, you can count on this show to give you the real deal, to answer the questions you're asking and the questions that you want to ask, but don't really know how. And that's really what I think most women need. I mean, truth be told, almost everything I say on this show relates perfectly 100% to both genders. We both know that. I mean, money and investments don't know what chromosomes you got. And we're not anti-man. We love the men, but we women have never really had a place. Our Wall Street. So that's what the Profit Boss community is. So I'm going to hold more space in my episode calendar for solo episodes, and I'm going to comment on current events and what the media is saying about what it means to you. I'm going to take more questions from the Profit Boss audience, and really the whole idea is to get into your head and infuse in you the understanding and analysis that you need to keep you on the right track. Oh, and God, I try not to be boring. The Unboring Money Show. I think I need a co-host who is a comedian. If you're out there, ping me. 
I need you, Obi-Wan, because Star Wars jokes are about all I can come up with on the fly. (laughs) I've also changed the format of my weekly subscriber email, and I'm offering more commentary on this week's top news article. So if you want to receive that email once a week in your inbox, it has my brief and brilliant comments on breaking financial news. It it also has highlight of the week that I think you should read or watch. And every couple of weeks, there'll be a roundup of podcast episodes on various podcasts, including this one, that I find useful, interesting, and insightful. And if you want to receive that, just go to hillaryhendershot.com and sign up for my newsletter. Okay, so another thing some of you keep asking for in the comments is shorter episodes. So if I'm going to make this episode shorter, I got to get to it. So everybody has this thought that the presidential election is going to impact the economy, the stock market, and therefore their money. Some really credible sources continue to try to make us think we need their analysis to get through it all right. But mostly, they just pontificate and say nothing new. So I did a Google search to find out what the internet will tell you if you ask it how the presidential election will impact the economy. Notice how the media really loves to identify trends and then make up causes to justify them. Okay, so the Yahoo, the Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Finance is a really reputable organization, right? Okay, so there's an article on Yahoo Finance that says the stock market has higher returns under Democratic presidents. After all, since 1900, the Dow Jones has returned 7% per year under Democratic presidents and 3% per year under Republican presidents, as if the president has any impact on the stock market whatsoever. Then they say it's the third year of the presidency that's best for the market returns, while the final year the president's in office tends to be the worst. Now watch them make up a reason. The next sentence is, the sluggish performance with lame duck years probably has to do with the president's lack of political restraint. Since the lame duck doesn't have an election to win, they can be a bit more unpredictable. Nonsense. Remember, Profit Boss, when it comes to assertions like these, you have to take the assumption of innocence, just like in our court system. When someone makes an assertion like this about causality, you have to assume they're wrong and let them prove their case. But there's no proof offered here. The article goes on to say, hey, the biggest presidential effects on stocks are seen on a case-by-case basis. Then they go on to give the example of healthcare companies whose stocks went through the roof since the passing of the Affordable Care Act in 2010. And they state outright that Hillary Clinton would have a positive impact on the stocks of national defense companies because she is, quote unquote, hawkish about security. So they get you thinking that they know something you don't. And then if you read all the way down to the bottom of the article, guess what they're offering you? A research report on stocks. It says, want the latest recommendations from blank investment research? Obviously, I'm not going to say the name. Download the seven best stocks for the next 30 days by clicking here. It is a sponsored post. It's an advertisement. These guys are offering to sell you stock picks and the article is presented as if it's unbiased media. Not only that, but their data about market returns in presidential years, Democrats versus Republicans, can't possibly be true. The average return of the S&P 500, depending on how you measure it, whether you include dividends and things like that, is somewhere between 10 and 12%. That's measured over the longest time period. 
So their data says Democratic presidents have a 7% average and Republican presidents have a 3% average. They offer no backup. They don't show you what numbers they're averaging, but I know you know that 7 and 3 don't average to 10 or 12. Getting back to their offer for stock picks, if you listen to this podcast, you know that stock picking doesn't work. You know that nobody has ever come up with a way to consistently beat the market and make money in stocks. So, well, not make money by day trading, okay? So their product doesn't even have value. Also, the healthcare company stocks I mentioned that went through the roof, if you had a globally diversified portfolio of index-based funds, you'd be holding those stocks and your portfolio would have enjoyed all that growth. So basically, this is a manipulative article. It has no value to you, the conscientious wealth builder. Let's go on to the next article. This article is from the wealth management division of one of the largest banks in the world. I promise you've heard of it. I'm not going to name names because that would be a big David and Goliath story. And I am not sure how sharp my slingshot skills are right now. My weapon is my voice. But this article from this big, impressive organization that manages billions of dollars of investor money should be really spot on and valuable, right? It should be accurate. Yes, it has lots of polysyllabic, big sounding words, and it's very polished. Here's a quote from their head of portfolio strategy. I mean, this quote should really add value, right? Here's the quote. This time, we've got lots of uncertainties. And if there's one thing markets hate, it's uncertainty. Wow, that's their big quote from their head honcho? Okay, way to say nothing, but instill fear, right? Markets hate uncertainty. So if I'm a would-be investor and I'm reading this statement, that puts me at unease, although I'm really not quite sure why. And it's because she didn't say anything. That's totally my pet peeve. Okay, moving on in the article. Remember I said pundits like to recite some data and then they make up reasons why it's true. So here's their data. Since 1928, the S&P 500 has dropped an average of 2.8% in presidential election years that don't include an incumbent seeking re-election. An incumbent is president seeking a second term. Oh, great. More fear. Except here's the analysis of that data. There are only four years when there was a negative return during an election year. No, they're saying the S&P 500 has dropped an average of 2.8% in presidential election years that don't include an incumbent seeking re-election. What I'm telling you is there are only four years when there was a negative return during an election year. One of them happens to be 2008, the worst year of the financial crisis when the S&P was down almost 40%. So that's obviously going to pull the average down. The fact of the matter is that there is no out of ordinary trend for market returns in election years. None. Okay, so then back to the article. It says, by contrast, in years when the sitting president is up for re-election, the S&P 500 has averaged returns of 12.6%. Exactly. That's the long-term average of the S&P 500. That's what we'd expect it to be because that's what it always is. But they're making the claim that it's different in election years because scaring you is a lovely way to motivate you to hire them for their so-called wisdom. Now, we know they're going to make up a reason, and yep, here it is. 
regardless of a president's party or political leanings, departing two-term presidents create a void that financial markets typically find unnerving. Oh, but they go on with more baseless reasoning. Continuity isn't the only reason markets like presidents seeking re-election. They also like incumbents because as they're trying to get re-elected, they tend to obsess over economic issues and promote market-friendly policies. But remember, we don't have an incumbent in this election, so this whole section of this article doesn't even apply. Not only do I protest their reasoning and linkages here, but it's not even relevant to us in a timely sense. Then this article spends the remainder half of its word count essentially saying that past data doesn't prove future data, the world is complex, and we don't know what's going to happen. Right obviously. So what's their call to action? Stay focused on the big picture and your own personal goals. Oh, and here's three questions you should ask your financial advisor. And here's a link to our website if you want to hire us. So the article basically has one statistic that if it were true, might make you think that this is likely to be a down year in the market, but it turns out to be completely unfounded. Another statistic that doesn't even relate to us, and then contains a bunch of like I say, complex polysyllabic words that communicate nothing that are basically written to make you think they know something about the economy and markets that you don't. And then they come back to safe. They come back to home with stay focused on the big picture. And oh yeah, call us and hire us for more spot on analysis like this. Yeah, I I know I'm coming down hard on these publications, but someone has to. I want you to understand how much of what gets written about the economy out there is absolute nonsense. They write it because they can. It's an arms race because they have to keep up with the dearth of information being published every single day. And publishing is free on the internet. So much of what you read out there in the news about money, investing, the economy, and markets is useless, baseless, and just flat out untrue. Take the once wildly popular Super Bowl indicator of stock market trends. Did you know that in 80% of Super Bowl years, it has been true that if a team from the AFC wins the game, it's now it's called the AFC, the market finishes down. And if a team from the NFC wins the game, the market finishes up. In fact, between 1967 and 1997, the predictor was accurate 28 times out of 31. So that's more than 90% accurate. This is a perfect example of inappropriate reliance on data. I mean, people went crazy for this as a market predictor. In fact, I'm sure you've heard and know that when it comes to statistics, correlation does not equal causation. And just because two things show up together in time does not mean one causes the other. I mean, sorry, but football has zero to do with the stock market. If you look at it for what it is, you'll see how silly it seems. And the fact is that the majority of other claims of causation when it comes to market returns are just as unfounded. They're usually just silly. So what is true that you ought to know about this presidential election? There is a widespread misnomer that the president can impact the economy. You'll always hear and read the media quoting statistics about market returns or GDP growth during a presidency as if the president did something good or bad to deserve those numbers. But those literally are just two numbers juxtaposed on one another. The president really does not impact the economy directly. 
In fact, in a recent episode of the Freakonomics podcast called The Power of the President, University of Chicago professor and former chair of the President's Council of Economic Advisors, Austin Goolsby, I hope I pronounced that right, said, I think the world vests too much power, certainly in the president, probably in Washington in general, for its influence on the economy, because most all of the economy has nothing to do with the government. The fact is that the majority of companies will adapt and continue to produce value and profits regardless of which political party controls the Oval Office, and no matter what anybody on Capitol Hill does. It is possible that the president and honestly, mostly Congress can impact the stock market through regulation. And actually, when I say regulation, I mean the absence of regulation. The more people are free to trade voluntarily and at market-derived prices, the happier markets are. So government regulations and restrictions always result in costs to private enterprise that get passed on eventually to the consumer and result in lower profits and lower stock market returns. Returns come from profits. Profits come from businesses thriving, meaning it's easy for them to sell people what they want to buy and easy for them to keep their costs at a reasonable level. So you could say that stock market returns require that businesses be able to easily do business. Other than that, this presidential election, whether Clinton wins or Trump wins, won't have much of an impact on your money at all. That's what I've got for you today, Profit Boss. If you like this no-nonsense news source, my simple request to you today is that you jump over to iTunes or even in your podcast app and leave a review for this show. It's like a virtual hug for me. Your host, Hilary Hendershot, signing out. Thank you for listening to Profit Boss Radio, where creating success on our own terms happens every day. You're not alone in your journey to a rich life, and that's why Hillary is here to add value in each and every episode. See you next time on the podcast for women and money.